This is Bob Rourke with Business Leaders Podcast. And today we're extremely fortunate. We have Jamie Zalman. She is the founder and CEO of Titan 100 as a co-host. And we have Matt Frary, Digital Media Solution Group, EVP of Brand Strategy. Jamie, thanks for taking the time. And Matt, really appreciate you carving out time given, should we use the pun, chaos that has been happening in your life. So, Thank you, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, with all that being said, Matt, if you would give us a thumbnail sketch of your business and who you serve. Yeah, first off, thanks, Jamie, for having me. And thank you to Bob for having us as well. We appreciate it. Yeah, so we built this little company 10 years ago called SmarterChaos.com. And I'm one of the founders and CEO was the CEO of that company. And recently, there's a long lead up to this, but we were purchased by Digital Media Solutions. And we uh, also on July 15th, the same day that we were purchased, Digital Media Solutions went public. So we have some exciting news that we only, we sold our company and we also got to join a company that um, had an IPO. So very exciting times. I have to say, I never imagined growing this company 10 years ago and then uh, selling and then going and participating in a public event on the same day. So pretty exciting stuff. A crash course in, are you kidding me? Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't script this stuff, I swear. Now, maybe we'll talk about this, but when I did start the company, smarterchaos.com 10 years ago, I did say something to the founders about, we should build a really strong foundation so maybe this thing could scale someday. Nice. Curious to know through Smarter Chaos, the types of clients that you worked with or you envisioned working with as you originally created that foundation to scale it and grow it. Absolutely. Smarter Chaos was originally built so that we could help large brands navigate the chaos of the online marketing world. And I started Smarter Chaos on the back of a napkin, sipping a margarita down in Mexico in Puerto Vallarta. My son, he was two or three at the time, was playing in, in a little uh, waterfall fountain. And my wife said, hey, are you good here? And I said, yeah, I'm good. I have an idea. Two hours later, I had sketched out this business plan. And I had realized that the online marketing world for the layperson was extremely chaotic. You have all these different places you need to log in, all these different theories you needed to deploy. And so I looked at really serving any brand that looked at the internet as sort of a chaotic, confusing place where you could lose money very quickly trying to navigate that space and pumping money into the Facebooks and the Twitters and all the partnerships and all that sort of thing. So to make a long story longer, we focused on the brands that wanted to acquire customers profitably. And if it was a household brand, that was the type of brand that we wanted to go after. So we first started, I really used Shark Tank as my lead list. So I would basically watch Shark Tank and I figured if they got funded, they had money and they probably needed to grow their consumers. And the great thing about Shark Tank is if they talked about customer acquisition and the cost to acquire a customer and they talk about all their metrics on Shark Tank. So it was really like, Shark Tank was really like my discovery call. Mm -hmm. And I could uh, really find out more about the company. And the next day I was on the phone calling those companies. So the types of companies that we got to service were Dollar Shave Club, Manscaped, FabFitFun, The Books. A lot of these probably recognized from Shark Tank. 
I think about the genius of calling somebody go, well, I already know what they do. You call them up on a friendly call. What was their reaction when they got your call after being on Shark Tank? Well, what's amazing is it's kind of like the pretty guy or pretty girl at the dance. You think that everybody is trying to dance with them, right? But you find out that they're actually kind of lonely. And so I would go and call them thinking, you know, at first I thought, well, gosh, everybody's got to be calling them after Shark Tank, but you'd be really surprised. That wasn't actually the case. So I found that they were excited to talk to me as long as I'm in the business of performance marketing. So when you spend a dollar with us, we need to return three or $4 back to you in revenue. And so when you pitch a company like that, that's in a high growth startup stage and you say, for every dollar you spend with us in marketing, I'm going to return three or $4. Really, we're just having a financial discussion at that point. Like, hey, would you like to invest with me? I'm going to give you the highest return. And since they need to be a steward of the dollars that were invested in them in Shark Tank, in these incubators, then it's a natural fit, right? It's not a very hard sale to, to say, hey, let me spend your dollars and make you more money. It's a pretty easy sale after that. That's exciting. So I have to ask, before we move on to the next question, of all the clients that you work with over the time, which one was the most fun and why? Well, we worked with FabFitFun for seven and a half years. That was one of the most steady fun. That was really great to see them. We literally met the guys from Michael and Danny from FabFitFun before they even launched the product. They didn't even know what they were going to put in the box. And I met them over a sushi shop in LA and they were talking about their vision. And now they're valued at over a billion dollars with a million subscribers, you know, paying them $59 on every subscription. So that was the most fun from a business perspective. I'd say the ones with the greatest sense of humor and the ones that were, we laughed all the time, we traveled to Vegas together, and we had a great time with them was uh, manscaped.com. So if you've never seen the Manscaped videos, you have to. They now sponsor a NASCAR. They just took over all of Penn Station in New York City this last week. And they've been very fun with their advertising. Their YouTube videos are laugh out loud funny. If you get offended by uh, manscaping, maybe don't watch them, but uh, they are very funny. <laughs> no, that's great. No, I appreciate the insight, Matt. It's always great when you can work with clients that you love and there's just a general click in the ability to work together to help your clients succeed even further. As a tie-in to the Titan 100 platform and the program, and one of the reasons that you're on this podcast and we're recognizing you here is because you are one of Colorado's top 100 CEOs and C-level executives through our online application process. And Matt was recognized in the Titan 100 book here as the CEO of Smarter Chaos. I always like to ask every one of our Titans that comes on this podcast, what characteristics that they believe it takes to be considered a Titan of industry in your purview? You know, that's such a big title, Titan of industry. And by the way, I'm looking at the Titan 100 award right over here. So it inspires me every single day. So it really does mean a lot, Jamie. So I appreciate that. But to be considered a Titan of industry, I would think that you need to have consistent vision. I think that you need to recognize scale early on that you can build a platform company that can grow and that foundation that you have can bear the weight of the company you are going to build. I think you have to think in the future. You really need to think in the positive in the future and say things like, in three years, I'm going to be 100 people. I'm going to have revenues of 100 million. 
I'm going to go public. So I believe that a titan of industry sees in the future. I believe that a titan of industry also is able to sort of bend reality around them. So you have to give people that purpose, that vision, and you have to, even when people are shaking their heads, I've been in meetings where people have shook their heads like, Matt, that's not going to happen. And I'm like, well, hashtag make it happen, which by the way, the sign on, on my other wall over here is hashtag make it happen. And then my other sign is wake up, say a prayer and hustle. So you have to believe that you can make it happen, have the vision to make it happen, get the people on board to make it happen. And then you have to wake up every day and hustle and say that prayer. So, I mean, I don't know if um, that answers your question, but I believe that a CEO that, that is going to get that title of Titan 100 has to have that megaphone and be consistently saying the same vision and the same message. I had to do that for 10 years to build Smarter Chaos into what it is today. And even when people around me are like, stop shouting, I get what you're doing. I just kept with that megaphone and kept saying what we were going to do. I love it. You know, Matt, I, I hear a lot of the stuff that you're saying, and I'm thinking of your skill stack, right? And so, you know, back when you started Smarter Chaos, you know, and you go, I think we should build a company that we can scale at some point. And I find that as a somewhat unusual viewpoint. How did you acquire that skill to think that way or what influenced you to go that way? Well, prior to Smarter Chaos, I built a company called ROI Rocket. And uh, that was 2005 to 2010. And I was 20 something years old scaling a company that was doing millions of dollars a month. And then I sold my position in ROI Rocket in 2010. Early on, I realized that with large amounts of money coming in means that you have large overhead. With large overhead means you have lots of employees and you have a huge responsibility to the people around you to be fiscally responsible and to be able to scale that vision. So I think it was a combination of my MBA from Thunderbird, my background in global business and seeing that the world is outside our borders and thinking big, right? And then realizing that you have to work on your business and not in your business. So there's a, you know, there's a whole idea called the E-Myth. I don't know if you've ever read the book, The E-Myth, but if you read that book, you realize you can't just be the operator in your business. You actually have to work on your business and grow it. So the combination of all of those things led me to believe that early on at Smarter Chaos, we needed to buy platforms like Salesforce and QuickBooks and we needed to act and think as though we were a 100-person or a 500-person company, even though we were three guys in a basement. As I think about the journey, and there's a certain cultural inoculation, you get your culture transmitted through. And you've been you know, through ROI Rocket, and, and then you have the chaos, and then you have this company. How do you take and transmit or promote or carry forward the culture that's made you successful? What do you do? I really believe that this may be a very egocentric point of view, but I try to espouse all the values that I have in my brand, right? So I have a personal brand. If you go to chiefofchaos.com, that's my website. I have a podcast out there that's Chaos Makes Sense. I have, if you follow me on any social media, it's going to be forward slash chief of chaos. You can find me. So you know that when I'm building a business, so I've actually sold built and sold six internet companies. When I'm building a business, it's going to be methodical. It's going to be scalable. 
there's going to be a certain culture and there's a certain leadership. I also do this thing on Fridays, hashtag Friday with Frary. And so if you go on LinkedIn and you look up Friday with Frary, or you go and you look on my social media, you're going to see this consistency of my vision of life, my vision of management, my vision of my personal life, my faith in God. You're going to see all of that. And so I believe it's consistency and a consistent megaphone with the platform that I have. And I wouldn't have this platform if I didn't inspire the people around me to build the things that I'm asking them to build alongside me. So I guess to answer your question, I build the culture here, right here first. And then those that are inspired to come with me on this journey, on this bus, can get on the bus and we go and we build things. And that's really how I do it. It's really interesting, Matt, that you talked about building a personal brand alongside of the company. I know several CEOs that are very invested in that. They believe in it wholeheartedly like you do. What advice would you give to CEOs that either don't have a personal brand or are looking to grow their personal brands alongside of their company? What would you recommend to them? You know, look, the pitfall of not having a personal brand is not being able to extricate yourself from the company. So I always looked at Smarter Chaos and I didn't name it Matt Frary Inc. Like it wasn't about me. It was about the customer. It was about the service we provided. It was about the people at Smarter Chaos. The sum of all the people, their skill set is way greater than my skill set. So naming it something like Frary Inc. didn't make any sense. So we build these companies and then you need to see them off to college. You need to send them off to where they can grow and thrive and so on. So the only way that I could see, and, and this is just in my feeble brain, is that I would create this persona, this brand, and that brand would build things. And then if people wanted to buy those things or work at those things or, or whatever that is, then, then they were inspired by that brand to do that. I believe that as a founder, as a CEO of startup companies or high growth companies, I believe that you are your greatest path to revenue. And the greatest path to revenue is selling. You have to sell something to get revenue. And the greatest salesperson in your business is you yourself. And the greatest way to sell something is have people buy into you. And so people do business with people they like, right? So my entire social media persona and my entire brand is all about amplifying the vision and the values that I have. And people will naturally want to do business with me or they won't. If you don't want to do business with me, well, it's okay. We probably had a filter before we even had to have a conversation because you already know who I am. So I would tell those CEOs, start building a personal brand. Sound advice. You know, you put together companies, sold six companies, I think you said. On the morning after the sale, is there a, a thought process that's been going through your mind or starting to arrive at your consciousness? You kind of go like, okay, I just sold the company. And now what? Does that, I guess I'm interested in your post-sale observation. Well, after the sale of ROI Rocket, the next day, it was one in the morning when I consummated that deal, by the way, when we finally got the lawyers and the accountants and all that. It was like one in the morning on February 3rd, 2010, I sold that company. And next morning I woke up, I looked at my wife and I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I need to go build something. I'm going to go down to the Douglas County Library in Castle Rock and I'm going to start something. And so I got up that morning 
took my laptop down, got on the free Wi-Fi at, at Douglas County Libraries, and I started Smarter Chaos. I mean, when I just sold July 15th of this year, 2020, the next day I got up, I needed to start working because I still have, you know, I still have a, an amazing job with Digital Media Solutions and, and I will for quite some time. But I got up the next morning and I was like, okay, what does the future look like? And I wrote down the next ideas that might come along that I could start to seed out there, you know? How was I going to make, because Digital Media Solutions is, is a large company, it's a public company. How could I make my journey at Digital Media Solutions be on entrepreneurial? How could I build divisions there where I could effectively build divisions inside a large company? So I'm always looking post-sale for how can I make a difference? What are they going to say on my tombstone? What's the legacy I'm going to leave? Like, how big can I build this legacy? And I don't mean, when I say how build big of, of a legacy can I build, I don't mean like how much money I can make. I, that's not super important to me. It's really about, can I build these legacy companies that can go on and employ other people, that can affect people's lives, that can change the trajectory of other people's businesses? I'm so happy to see that Smarter Chaos, when we did the marketing for all these companies, I know of six or seven companies that became billion-dollar companies. That makes me so happy that we were a part of that. So that company goes on and, and can build some other billion-dollar companies and, and the next thing I seed and the next thing that I seed. So I guess when I wake up the next day, I grab a cup of coffee, I do my gratitude journal. I meditate, I work out, and then I sit and I think, what am I going to do next? And I start writing down ideas. Matt, it sounds obviously like you've got a really powerful mindset. I mean, you've talked about vision and scalability and thinking about working on the business instead of in the business and always being sort of what's next, what's next, what's next. I have to imagine in the six years of, or the six companies being a serial entrepreneur that you've learned a, an incredible amount along the way. And while the path to success is not a straight and steady route, it really does have all sorts of twists and turns. There's got to be some mistakes that you've made along the way. So I'd love to know, and I'm sure our listeners would love to know, what advice could you give yourself? or someone else from a mistake that you made? And what did you learn from it? Yeah, I think there's definitely not one mistake I can draw out. There's many, 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 many mistakes. It's how you bounce back from those mistakes. That's probably the key. Also, anybody that thinks that we have what we call startup porn, or we have like entrepreneurial porn, and it's this idea that like, it's so sexy to start a company. It is the least sexy thing to do. And only a percentage of a percentage of a percentage of people will come out on the other side with rose colored glasses. Many will go through the partnership divorce. Many will go through financial ruin. Many will lose sleep. Many will lose their health. Many will go through all of that. And if you're still willing in the morning from your company, knowing that the risks are high, that you can lose your family and your health and your finances, and you can lose everything and you're still willing to do it, you're probably in the right position. But if you're not willing to do those things um, and fight for what's good, then, then you probably shouldn't do it. So the big mistake that stands out for me is, I won't say which company because that would be too, that would expose too much. But early on, I started a company 
and I picked the wrong partners. And I would say that we rush to get our company to market and we offer equity in our company to various people. And you have to think like when you offer equity, it's almost like sharing your bed with someone. It's like sharing your house with someone. Like it's worse. A partner breakup is probably worse than the divorce. Now, luckily, I've never been through a divorce. I've been married. My wife and I have been together for 20 years. But it seems to me that it would be worse than a divorce. And frankly, I don't want to know. But extricating and untangling from a partner, especially a partner that comes in and you give them equity to build your technology when you should have paid a technologist the money. It is so much cheaper to pay someone to build your website or build your app or build your, you know, whatever it is, then give them equity. Because if you're giving someone equity to build the technology platform, and that's why you're giving them equity, you should have just spent the hundred grand or whatever it was to build that thing. Because later when your company's worth millions of dollars, that partner now got paid millions of dollars. And what are you going to do when the partner sits on their hands? What are you going to do when the partner makes bad decisions? What are you going to do when the partner steals money, which I've had money stolen from me in partnerships, millions and millions of dollars. I've been through seven figure legal battles trying to get rid of partners. So the number one thing is choose the people on the bus, your partners, your employees, your shareholders, your financiers, your investors, choose them all carefully, know what their background is, choose the people that you want to go through this life with. Because if you're going to spend 80 or 90 hours grinding this out, Make sure it's the people that you want to spend your life with. It's great advice. We've been harassing you now for a little while. And maybe that's a polite way of saying it. But, you know, I really appreciate you sharing your insights and journey and mileage because uh, you, you don't look like the mileage that you've traveled. I'm, I'm really, so I'm really 22 years old. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind then. But, you know, and, and with that being said, a couple of things. One, Matt. How do they find you? How do people find you on social media? You know, it's easy as the personal brand at Chief of Chaos on anything you go to, chiefofchaos.com or at Chief of Chaos, you'll find me. Perfect. And Jamie, congrats on the Titan 100 book. Where do folks find a copy of the Titan 100 book? Yeah, so you can go to www.titan100.biz to see the full list of the 2020 Titan 100. There's a tab where you can view each individual Titan 100 profile. You can also see the entire digital version of this book copy, or if you're interested, you can purchase a copy and read about these incredible stories of Colorado's top 100 CEOs and C-level executives, Colorado's 100 Titans of industry. If I could give one last little piece of advice, Bob, is yes, sir. when you are just starting out as a CEO, you need the people around you and you need to read these stories. You have to look at how the Titan 100 did this. You have to read those types of books and read those stories and really be inspired because other people have gone before you to do it. So it's very, very important. And Jamie, what you're doing is amazing, and it's so welcome in, in Colorado. We appreciate it. Thank you, Matt. That means a lot coming from you. Matt, have a great day, and good luck with all of your building projects. Absolutely. Cheers. Cheers.